Hello and welcome to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes and I'm your host. Today I'm with Shelby Betancourt. We're going to get to know her. She's a salon owner, behind the chair stylist. She has her own podcast and she's launching a health education program. Shelby, would you introduce yourself to us? Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. So Robert, like you said, um, I own a salon in Miami, Florida. It's a booth rental salon. I have about six stylists at the moment. Um, I ha I'm the host of the Happy Healthy Hairstylist Program um, podcast. And yeah, I've been working behind the chair for almost 13 years now. It's so crazy. I feel so old every time I say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you... Um... How did you get started in the industry? Did you always know you wanted to be a hairdresser? You know, it's weird. When um, when I was eight, my mom started dating the owner of the hair salon we used to go to. And naturally, I ended up at the salon all the freaking time. <laughs> so um, it's one of those things that when I was at the salon as a young girl, I didn't necessarily like doing hair, but I loved the energy. And it like now as an adult, I understand that it was the energy. It was the feeling that women felt going in compared to how they felt leaving. Like the, there, something about them just changed just from like being in this room. So I ended up falling in love with what these hairstylists did. And it made me want to be a hairstylist. I wanted to be the pretty girl who made other girls pretty. And I just so happened to be really good at it. So it really helped. Um, but that's really what got me started was the energy, the, you know, the exchange of making women feel beautiful. That's awesome. So what did, did you, um, did you go to school or do an apprenticeship program? So I ended up going to a vocational high school um, where we did half high school, half vocational school. So I ended up getting my license at 17. I wasn't nice. even graduated. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that it was amazing because I didn't have to go through the whole like cosmetology school outside of hair school. I was working as a hairdresser before I even graduated. I remember the day of prom, I told my, um, my boss, I was like, it's okay. I can come into work tomorrow. And she's like, are you crazy? Like you have prom tonight. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll work. <laughs> I just really wanted to be in the salon as much as I could. Um, so yeah. The way you were, you were working in a salon while you were training to get your license while you were in high school. So, um, I got my license February of my senior year. Um, and once I got it, I was still going to school normally from, you know, seven to two. Um, but after school, I would go into the salon. I was working as a hairstylist. Okay, cool. So, uh, do you think, uh, well, did you end up doing hair behind the chair at that salon that you were working at? Yeah. 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 So yeah. I went straight into being a hairstylist. I never assisted. I was very stubborn at the time. I was like, no, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this my whole life. Cause at the time, like from eight to 17, I was doing my friend's hair. Like my, my friend's moms would come over and I would do their root touch-ups in my bedroom. <laughs> um, okay. So I felt like I already knew what I was doing. I was very like stubborn and, you know, naive. <laughs> so I went straight in. What were you uh, naive about? Um, thinking that I knew it all. Like, honestly, it, it took me three years for color to actually click. And like, I remember the day vividly when 
my my boss at the time she was like Shelby like every time she would mix something I would be like okay why is she mixing that I would have never thought to mix that so I kept on asking her questions like I would go I would excuse my client at the time and I would go in the back room with her anytime she was going to formulate I'd be like why are you why are you doing this why did you mix like this with that and she was like Shelby pay attention to the color wheel and you'll understand everything that I'm doing and like that is when color clicked and I was like how did I go three years without knowing any of this I don't know how I was formulating before <laughs> but um yeah it definitely took me a long time to realize it because I did I went straight in and I didn't assist or you know work under someone gotcha gotcha so is that a uh is is that a piece of like would you say that that you wish you would have done that or uh yeah or are you glad that things went the way they did you know, I am glad because I showed myself that like, hey, confidence can get you there because I did have a clientele, you know, even though I didn't really know what I was doing, I was confident in it. And I knew that as long as I made the, the client feel comfortable, I was golden. Like if I made them feel beautiful, comfortable, and at the end of the day, they were happy, that was good. Even if I didn't know what I was doing, um, it taught me how to ask for help and do my own research and really like try to get as much education in, in a way like this is back in 2009, 10, um, education wasn't what it is now, but I was YouTubing things. I was trying to look up things as much as I could. My best advice now is like, you know, there's so many resources out there. And if you can go in and, and be, a you know, an assistant or ha or be an apprentice, you will learn everything so much faster. And I think that that's the key to it. You can like fast forward with whatever you want. Like, for instance, right now, I'm like leveling up in my own life. And I have a coach, I have three coaches, in fact, and that's like me going back into like, okay, well, I need the help. I want to know where I'm going. So I'm going to hire the person that will help me get there. So any advice to a new stylist is be the assistant. Like it's not an ego thing. It's something that's going to help fast forward your career. You're going to be better behind the chair because all of the mistakes that that stylist has learned, you now get the opportunity to like not have to go through that. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, I love that. Uh, you said you have three coaches. Um, do you, are they, each one is for something different or they're overlapping or tell us about that. I'm curious. So, um, yes, I have, they're both, they're all very different. So, um, first and foremost, I am part of Elizabeth Fay's high power. So I hired her at the beginning of this year and I've gone through her year long program, um, I've also done education foundations with her. She is amazing. Um, she has helped me heal in many different ways in my own personal life and in business. Um, so for her, she has been my main, like in the industry coach. I also have a coach that, um, is not in our industry. He, um, he is part of this program called Arate. Um, I met him at the beginning of this year as well, and he's been coaching my boyfriend and I together um, on pro uh, projects that we're doing outside of the salon. So um, not so much me being an educator, but more like me running the salon, me, um, we've had previous companies, my boyfriend and I. So managing that and managing communications between, between him and I, um, so that's been really helpful having someone who's not in my industry kind of see my business as a, you know, 
in a different way, more of a business. Yeah. And then I am part of the Arte Syndicate, which is um, a mastermind for entrepreneurs. And that is a very like masculine group. So I consider that my, you know, my mentor because I meet like we meet three times a month. Um, on a private phone call. And that has helped me with like entrepreneurship in general. Awesome. Um, so I'm just writing these down. Uh, would you be uh, cool? Would you be okay with sharing uh, that this information with our guests? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So we'll leave, we'll leave that information. Uh, there'll be links and stuff in the comments below for all of you wondering, uh, wanting to know more information. Okay, cool. So so let's go back a little bit. You, um, you, you, uh, in high or young age, you got exposed to the hair world. You discovered that you wanted, or you decided you're going to give this thing a shot and you had the advantage of getting the training while you're in high school. Uh, you got out, uh, you finished, and then you got a salon, a job, or you already working in the salon. Is that right? Yeah. So you work in the salon and then you, <clears throat> you got right onto the floor, basically immediately, no assisting at all. No, no. Oh, it's just, okay. And then, and then, um, and then there was a little bit of a fumbling and trial by fire, uh, and it took you a little bit of time, but then you got your feet under you and, um, this is okay. So now where are we at in your story? You're still at the original salon you started at? No, I ended up leaving that salon. Um, I ended up going to a, a salon that was closer to my house. And ironically, the person, um, Melissa, the owner of the new salon, she used to own the salon. I originally started at. It was like a weird story. Um, okay. So I worked there for a couple of years and then I moved to Miami. And, um, I was originally in Massachusetts. I should have mentioned that before. Okay. okay. Um, so when I turned 21, I moved to Miami, Florida. I didn't know a single soul here. So I restarted my career. <laughs> and that was really fun, really interesting. It was definitely a culture shock because I don't speak Spanish and here it's primarily Spanish. Um, and the, the city I started in was a very like Jewish city. It was three, it's a three square mile city. That's worth over $3 billion. So wow. it was going from a little cow town in Massachusetts to like a multi-billion dollar city. What city is this? <laughs> Uh, it's called Aventura. Florida. Oh my gosh. I did my, uh, I did, I worked on Williams Islands at Richard no and company. Way. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. What a small I know, world. Small world. I know it's crazy. Um, okay. So, so you worked for a little bit, uh, then 21 years old, you moved to Miami and mm -hmm. tell us about like what that was like getting a job. Like, you know, it's kind of like a lot of people that are either moving or starting out for the first time. Um, how did you get, find your job? Your first so um, before I moved here, I came down here on vacation. And at the time I was dating someone and his dad had lived here in Miami. And when we came down here, it was um, January of that year. We, I got off the plane and I was like, holy crap, I need to move to Miami. Like it's January it is beautiful out. Like, why am I suffering in the snow? <laughs> so when we were out and about and we we're we were we went to this biker bar in um, Davie, um, Davie, Florida, and 
I met this woman who was friends with my boyfriend at the time's dad. And she was like, oh, like, you know, how long are you here for? And I was like, oh, I'm only here for a week, but I really want to move here. And I told her I was a hairdresser and I was like, I'm a really good hairdresser. Like, and I know I can make it here. I know I can do hair here. And she's like, oh my gosh, you should meet my hairstylist. You would love her. And long story short, she printed out my Facebook and gave it to her hairdresser. And her hairdresser messaged me the, the week later and was like, your work's amazing. Let me know when you move here. And oh, it was wow. like, that was the turning point. I was like, I have to move there. I have a job now. Like nothing is holding me back. So two weeks after I moved here, um, she contacted me because we had been following each other on Facebook. This is like, it dates me because this was Facebook times. Um, and I came in for an interview and she hired me and it was just her and I at the time. And I ended up working there for like three and a half years. I became the manager of her salon. I loved working there. I built up a full clientele in, in under six months. I just hustled nice. and did Groupons. And anytime I went out, I like just saw opportunity to just meet new people. And she was kind of like my wing girl. Like we would go out, we would introduce ourselves to people and we would do each other's hair before we would go out. I mean, it's Miami. So it's like, everyone looks great. And we were two friendly girls who were both 21, 22. So we would just walk up to girls and compliment them on their hair and tell them that we worked at a salon that was nearby and that we'd love to do their hair. And it ended up building my full clientele, that plus Groupon. Um, and I still have most of those clients today and it's been wow. about 10 years. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. So you, you, would, you would attribute a large majority of your uh, clientele to basically guerrilla marketing, walk going out and like, hitting the beat and yeah that's awesome that's that cool. and like honestly Groupon and referrals like a re I had yeah. we we did a referral program and it was a 20 for 20 which was if you refer a friend you get $20 off and they get $20 off and oh, nice. I allowed them to stack it so I was like oh. if you send me five friends you get a hundred dollars off nice. and my clientele loved it they loved sending it like sending me people and it was just I knew that I could bring the energy to them and I knew I could make them feel heard, seen, and loved. So I just brought that energy no matter if they were a Groupon or if they were a free blowout. I just brought the energy and I showed them how much I loved doing hair and it worked. <laughs> nice. I like that. Okay. So you're, you're at the salon for three and a half years. Uh, you build your book uh, through, uh, through Groupon and, uh, and going out and passing out your cards and introducing yourself to people, which is uh, still, I still think that that's like a huge, awesome, strong way to build clientele. Um, and then the referral program, and which yeah. I like that 20 for 20. And there's all kinds of interesting referral ideas. And that's a good one, especially if you can stack them up. Uh, okay, so three and a half years goes by. And then what? And then um, I decided to move to Miami. Like I was like, okay, at the time um, things were going, I was going a separate direction. Then I was done partying. <laughs> I was um, in a serious relationship and I wanted to, the, the opportunity came where I left the salon and I moved to like downtown Miami and I started working at another commission salon um, 
and I worked there for about a year and then I opened my own suite. All right. So you went from Aventura, which is basically north of Miami, and then you built up a full book and then decided that you needed a change um, because you got, there was whatever was happening. And you see, so you yeah. move into a salon and mm-hmm. downtown Miami. And, <clears throat> and then a year later, you open a suite. Why did you open up a suite? So it, it came down to, I had, I had rebuilt my clientele again, because I moved 10 miles away from the other salon. Um, the management at this salon was kind of crazy. I went from a very structured management to like a very unstructured management. And I had outgrown the space. I was asked to work more. I wasn't able to get an assistant. I couldn't raise my prices. I, I felt boxed in. I was like, the only option I had was to work more. And at that time I was already burnt out with the hours I was working. I didn't want to work more. I wanted an assistant. I wanted a receptionist. I just, I needed help and I wasn't getting that help. So I didn't want to open a, a, a suite. That was the last thing I wanted. I did not want to open a salon. Um, I just wanted an assistant and I wanted to have a space that I liked working in. So one of the stylists that worked with me at the first salon up in Aventura, I, she had moved with me to the salon in downtown. Her name was Veronica. So Veronica and I had been working together for about three years and I convinced her to open the salon suite with me. I was like, hey, I really don't want to do this alone. I um, I really don't want to be in a box by myself because I felt like it was very like, you know, boxed in. It was very lonely. So I convinced her to open the suite with me and we opened the suite and it was great until I was like, okay, I'm feeling claustrophobic and now I want coworkers. So I decided to open my rental salon that was basically like the place I've always wanted to work at with not as many rules, but still a structure and support and education behind it. Nice. Yeah. So how long did you do, uh, how long were you in a suite before you opened up a salon? So we were in the suite for about a year and a half and then we opened up um, our space. I opened it with Veronica at the time. And then last year, um, she wanted to open a salon with her boyfriend who was in the industry. So in the best way possible, we had our divorce and it was the best divorce I've ever had <laughs> or the best breakup I've ever had. Cause I've never been divorced. Um, so now, now I'm a solo, a solo salon owner for the, for one year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, and I'm sorry, uh, you opened up the salon with your friend two years ago. Yes. Two and a half. Oh, yeah. Two and a half years, two ago. and a half years ago, a year and a half later, you guys went your separate ways and now you own it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, well, first of all, that's a very exciting journey. Uh, yeah. I mean, make, making moves as a hairdresser that frequently, um, I think that would give a lot of people anxiety. Yeah. Um, and every however, time I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Every time I moved, it was a drastic like, um, area that I moved to. So I wasn't moving down the street. I was moving to another city. Um, so I had to rebuild my clientele like three or four times just being here in Miami. And I did have a lot of clients who like, who traveled with me and who moved with me, but it really did help me 
um, know that throughout the years and using technology and using social media like Instagram and Facebook and all of that, how that can still help you build a full clientele. Um, so I think that that's really important that even though I've made all these moves throughout all of those moves, I've rebuilt my clientele. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's cool because I think a lot of stylists that are thinking about making a move or young stylists just starting out, mm. uh, it can be kind of fearful to think about like, what do I do? And like, how do I know I'm making the right move? And I think everybody Shelby's here telling you, if you don't, if you make the wrong move, don't let it be a long move that you stick in for a long period of time. You know, I think that's good. I think that's inspirational to know that um, it's okay to jump around, just like know what you're yeah. looking for. And um, you know, that's pretty cool. So what, what would your, uh, what would be some advice to somebody who, who's looking to like try to figure stuff out? Um, say they want to open up a salon, but they don't quite have the money or they're not, or they're worried. They wonder if they have, don't have, I have enough clients or, you know, they're just having some fear uh, and uncertainty about yeah. it. So my advice would be like, is it fear or is it doubt? Like I've never doubted myself as a hairstylist. I've never doubted that clients don't like me or that I can't make money. I knew that I could make money. I knew that clients liked me. I knew I had a talent to bring to the table. And I knew that I was willing to get the help that I needed with accounting or business help or hiring the coach or whatever. Um, so if it's just fear, then know what you need and have the help and do it. Like do things that scare you. Obviously, like don't, don't be reckless where if you have no budget to open a salon, absolutely no, don't open a salon. Um, I did all of my moves without debt. I've never gotten a loan to open my salon, even when, Veronica left um, and I took over the space that we're in, she and I had an agreement that she would help me um, until I felt like we could move to a smaller space within the same building. Um, and it worked out because I knew I couldn't budget the big space that we had alone, just in like, it, what was I going to do if all my renters left? Like I knew that that wasn't going to be smart. So we had an agreement. I knew what I needed as my bottom line. I knew how much money I was making. So I was organized in that way. Um, but I had no doubt that I, I couldn't do it. So I would ask yourself like, Hey, do I have the resources to live? Like, can, do I have like enough savings that like I can live do, do I have the resources that I need? Like, do I have the accountant? Do I have the business plan? Do I know how much clientele I have guaranteed that's going to like be making me money? And then can I do this? And, you know, I think that you can, as long as you have those things. And um, as long as you bring the good energy to the table and you focus on just creating a really good customer you know, experience and you focus on the clients and you show the excitement of what it's like to build your own thing, people will be attracted to that and they will follow you. My clients love my energy. I'm not saying I'm the best hairstylist in the world. I'm absolutely fucking not. I am, I'm good at doing hair. Yes, absolutely. But I'm not the best, but I bring a certain energy behind the chair that 
no one else brings. And that's what's kept my clientele. And that's what's made my clientele move with me. And that's what's attracted more clients to me as well as renters. If you're a salon owner, like that is the main thing. I've never worked for a salon owner who had the energy that I have towards my stylist in my salon. And it's simply because I went through all the things that I went through and I know now what I need to bring to the table because I was that stylist that wanted a space that was inclusive, a space that, you know, I could just do what I loved and have my boundaries and my structure around it, but also be able to be an artist, be able to like have fun at work, be able to like the people I work with. Um, and, you know, I think that all in all, it's, it's knowing that you can do this and not having the doubt. That's good. I like that. The fear versus doubt. Um, yeah. How about, uh, well, at what point in time from this, uh, so you got the salon open, when did you start your podcast? I started my podcast at the beginning of this year when, um, okay. when I had met Marcus, one of my mentors, um, we were actually in Cancun at an Arte event and he, he and I were talking and he was like, well, what do you do? How do you like, you know, what do you do? I was like, I help hairstylists feel better both mentally and physically behind the chair. And he's like, okay, so how do you do that? And I was like, I don't know, through Instagram. And he's like, well, is there any other platform that you want to use? I was like, I kind of want to do a podcast. Like I like talking and he's like, so why don't you do a podcast? I was like, I don't know. I just never thought about what it would actually take. And he was like, I can help you. And then that's where it started. He had me write down like my dream 20 of people that I wanted to interview. So I wrote it down at the beginning of the, of the year. And to this day, I'm at 10 out of the 20 that I've interviewed. So that's been really nice. cool. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, so it was just the idea that I really like talking to hairstylists and I really wanted to spread my message on how to be healthier behind the chair. And podcasting was the best way to get my voice out there and for people to really understand like who I am as a person and hear the things that I have to say. That's so cool. So your, um, any, your health, uh, you have this uh, health education program is yeah. you want to tell us a little bit well just for anybody who isn't aware of your podcast uh what is your podcast about um i know you mentioned it but we didn't ask you directly i didn't ask you directly yeah um so it's called the happy healthy hairstylist podcast so i talk about the um health both mentally and physically of the hairstylist um why it's important that we incorporate food and water behind the chair um, so I have guests who come on where we talk about different areas of health um, and different areas of being a, a salon owner or a stylist behind the chair. Um, I talk about human design and astrology and money and budgets and setting boundaries, all of the things that I think that have taught me um, on my journey and have helped me. Um, so I have a lot of really cool guests on there. And um, as far as the, you want me to talk about the program? Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's great. And then the, your health education program? So it's called the Happy Healthy Hairstylist Program, and it's a guide to help you identify what it means to be healthy, release what's holding you back, 
and to integrate in new habits that are fit to your lifestyle. So it's something that is completely custom to you. Um, there are There's a lot of information on what it means to move your body both um, in a masculine way, which is like very structured in a, in a feminine way, which is very intuitive, like what feels good. Um, same thing with eating. So we go over like a very masculine way of eating where it's like counter macros and, you know, a very structured way, weighing out your food and also an intuitive way and figuring out what way works for you. I believe that you need to know the masculine side, the very structured side in order to do the feminine side. And in my life, I feel like I'm a very feminine person where I just like to flow. So I want to incorporate that a lot in my program because I'm not going to be the one to tell you how many macros to eat. Um, I believe that being in a healthy lifestyle and like knowing what it is to be healthy, it's not, it's not very structured because it's supposed to be sustainable. So that's a little bit about the program. I'm really excited. Nice. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Anybody interested in any of this, um, we'll make sure to leave like links to, to your um, Instagram and any other links that you, uh, you think are important for the, for the audience to see. And um, so everyone can, you can all get that information. If, you, if anybody has any questions, is it cool they reach out to you? Absolutely. Please DM okay. me. Okay, cool. And we'll leave, um, we'll leave your, uh, your handle in the, in the comments below as well. Um, so just to like... Uh, as we uh, wrap up, um, I just want to say that I think uh, your story is is awesome because it's like so dynamic and uh, it's in it, it it moves a lot and there's a lot of moving pieces and I like how you kind of like just kept moving forward and figuring things out and um, staying positive and um, not doubting yourself and uh, pushing through the fear and. And uh, I like your part about not, you know, taking on any debt and, and, uh, and having a clear plan, which is something that I like to talk about a lot as well. Um, so if anybody, anybody has any more questions or uh, wants any more information, you can reach out to Shelby or you can reach out to us and we'll connect you with her. Um, plus there's going to be links and stuff, information in the comments below. Uh, but before I wrap up, uh, before we wrap up, I'd like to finish with a laugh. And I ask each of my guests to share their most embarrassing moment behind the chair or with a client. I don't, and if, I don't know if you have anything you'd like to share. Yes. Okay. So um, when I was first figuring out color, I mentioned before that Melissa, the owner told me that I need to figure out the color wheel. And at that time it was 2012 or 2011 vivids had just become become a thing so i had one of my best friends from elementary school come in and she was going to hair school so i was like girl i will show you everything that i know <laughs> and i was i highlighted her hair and i had her at the bowl and her highlights were bright yellow so i was like okay i can put you know i need purple i'm gonna put purple over this so i was like or i could put blue and it'll be really icy um, so <laughs> instead of grabbing, you know, a toner, I grabbed vivids and I grabbed the blue and I squirted it in my hands and I put it on top of her head. And as soon as I put my handprint on top of her head, I was like, oh shit. I messed up. <laughs> <And green. laughs> oh, so 
it took me three and a half hours to try to take it out and she ended up with a lime green handprint on top of her head <laughs> and I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know how to take it out I still don't know because there was no way to take out vivids I googled it and I called my boss at midnight crying I was like I made my client's hair green and she was so mad at me I came in at 8 a.m the next day with my friend who is still in hair school. And I ended up leaving when I left that salon, I gave her my job because <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> so, so you only put your hand on their head and then you took you, so you didn't even run it through the whole thing. No, so you just had it, was a just, <laughs> it was just a handprint up top. It was awful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I will never do that again. <laughs> and apparently you'll never forget it. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. You're welcome. Thank you so much. It was great. Oh. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye.